Sounds like an Earth movie. Yeah. Yeah. But that shit's super scary, bro. Like, I, I hate sitting through those. Like, to this day, like, I, if I hear, I know the sound when there's an earthquake about to hit. If I hear that, I fucking just, like, lose it. Like, immediately. Like, I hear that and I'm just, like, I feel like a little kid again, like, scared when I hide under the fucking table because right. a big earthquake about to hit. <laughs> so, like, it's weird, bro. Like, how I sense it. It's just, like, I already know. That's about to go down. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's about to go down right now. Episode motherfucking 27. This is Nature Come the Third. This is a short story. Bingo. This is your first time. Welcome. If this is your second time. The retention program is working. What I do on this podcast is I read a story by myself or with a guest. And we, uh, I don't know, we riff about it. Um, I'm basically that voice in Audible that uh, comes out when you want to stop a story mid-sentence and be like, how did the narrator not get that? So I'm a glorified narrator. Anyway, short story being episode 27, I got my boy Al with me today. What's up, Al? What up, though? What's up, Salt Lake and all around the world? Whoever's out there listening. Who's <laughs> ever out there in this listening? Today we're going to read out of, uh, well, what'd you choose, Al? Uh, the Creepypasta Collection. Called Picture This by Vincent V. Cava. Uh, I appreciate everyone that uh, uh, listened to the last episode that we put out, the Valentine's Day Massacre with my boy Tristan, did a great job. I'll have him back on. Uh, But let's uh, naturally go over some of these countries. Um, I went just uh, in February, so it's number one spot is California, second is Texas and Wyoming, beyond Utah, of course. And then uh, countries, top three, Canada, UK, and Italy. You said countries first, so I think you meant states. They meant st- oh, is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely meant states. That's <laughs> what I meant. Um, so, yeah. Um, uh, the last episode that we had was... Uh, it featured the Valentine's Day Massacre, as I said. And um, been getting a lot of good feedback for the mob episodes. So, I guess we'll keep doing those. I like the mob stories, so those are fun. Um, Al, what, what do you got going on, man? Kind of hanging? Yeah, we got the man. cypher next week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cypher's going down next week. I'll be there. Showing mad love and support. Shout out to Keith McDonald. Um, yeah, man. And that's going to be at Uprock. So if you're in Salt Lake City, it's going to be at Uprock, which is like... 1594 South State Street. I came from right from the hip. Yeah, that's, that was like... I want to say my stomping grounds, but definitely like a place I would kick it out a lot and be supportive and buy stuff from the shop pretty cool yeah uprock is a staple out here certainly if you uh, get a moment and uh, yeah i mean if you're out here in salt lake just take a quick peek over a place that's uh has definitely held some many a memory for many a hip-hop head out here um with that being said yo big ups to another hip-hop head out in la my boy aspect he goes by spec he's releasing his album retrospect uh, and uh, I believe it's like three weeks so or two weeks, something like that. But anyhow, uh, he's our random Twitter follower shout out. <laughs> and you can check out his at, uh, at Aspect1, A-S-P-E-C-T, and then O-N-E. Check out his Twitter um, and then just look him up online. But yeah, episode 27, short story bingo. We're getting this thing started. It's February 16th. It's February 15th when this is getting recorded. So happy post-Valentine's Day, some of you. All of you, 
yeah, um, excuse me, creepypasta. Picture this, Vincent V. Cava. Pretty intense, it looks like, from this jump, so we'll see how this goes, but obviously, we definitely need the uh, intro music, so fucking start that shit up. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spare fingers. Yes. Picture this. 90,000 people are reported missing every year in the United States alone. You heard that number correctly. Don't believe me? Look it up. 90,000 people. A staggering 2,300 return home safely or are family abductions. The latter of which occurs when either the mother or father runs off with the little ones because of a domestic dispute or divorce. As far as adults go, a large portion of missing cases typically involve people who are suffering from drug or alcohol abuse. These addicts have a tendency to go on benders, disappearing from their friends. Oh, we know that guy. There's always that guy. Oh, no, he's on his bender. He'll be on it for a couple months. He's good, though. (laughs) Just don't answer the phone after 2 o'clock in the morning. You're fine. These addicts have a tendency to go on benders, disappearing from their friends and family for days on end while they pump their bodies full of booze and illegal narcotics. Just party shit. A shockingly high number of reports concern a shockingly high number of reports concern senior citizens suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's. You'd be surprised how often they wander away from their caretakers and get lost. Probably not exactly. Usually, it doesn't take very long for the police to locate the disoriented old-timer and bring him or her to the back to the nursing home. <clears throat> just like a cop pulling up, there's just like this old dude walking down the street. like looking, <laughs> Sir? Sir, if we can have you come to the car. Gerald. Does this every Monday. Gerald. Come back to the car, sir. Given these facts, we see that the number of people, both children and adults, who are abducted by strangers is actually relatively small. Only about 150 of these kids are, of abductions are estimated to occur in the United States annually. 90,000 people, though, are reported missing every year. That's crazy. United States. Just missing people. So how do those statistics come about? Well, because people report people missing and they don't come back. So 90,000 people have been missing here? Yeah, every year. How, how, I don't want to say how accurate, but like, how recent recent is that poll? Okay. I don't know. This this isn't a poll. This is a story. Oh, right. But I mean, is that based upon, based upon fiction or fact or what? uh, I don't know. He's claiming it as fact. Maybe we can certainly look it up. We should. Watch this. Just some quick inner uh, interlude. Yeah, yeah. Into. 
To it. Yeah, right at the end. All right. So, on average, <laughs> September 23rd, 2014, on average, 90,000 people. This is on usatoday.com. Okay. On average, 90,000 people are missing in the U.S. at any given time, according to Todd Matthews from the National Missing and Unidentified Person System. God. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Now picture this. Okay, so we just so they just did the picture of this, and it's just going over uh, people that are reported missing. We All shouldn't right. ignore the fact that I farted right now. So <laughs> cover, now that pi- cover that up pretty well. Now picture this: you were an artist, a paint. Uh, you were an artist, a painter who specialized in impressionism. You loved art all your life. You saw a coffee table book when you were twelve years old that had a picture of blue dancers by Edgar Degas. And you couldn't look away from him. You were mesmerized by the colors, the brush strokes, the way the girls in the painting contoured their bodies. To you, they didn't even look like dancers. They were a meadow of morning glories swaying in a gentle breeze. You knew right then and there that you wanted to create something as gorgeous and spellbinding as that picture. Damn, she's fucking. So this is going to be about an artist? Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like there's going to be some sort of tragedy. You studied the greats, uh, Renoir, Degas, Cezanne, I don't know. And of course, Monet. I don't know, man. Cezanne? Holy shit. All right. Uh, When you turned 15, you started taking art classes after school at the local community college. Damn, you just going to hit community college at 15. But you never shared your passion with anyone, not even your closest friends and family. You were afraid of what they might say. What if they laughed at you? What if they told you that your paintings were sloppy or ugly? Fucking painting shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that painting. Is this your painting? What is it, what is it supposed to be? Confetti? <laughs> Fucking lines everywhere. What if they told you that you didn't have talent or that you'd never create your own blue dancers one day? You'd be pissed off. That's probably what. So you hid your passion from everyone you knew. Whenever you finished a piece, you tossed it in the garbage because seeing your art in a dumpster was better than the possibility of hearing your friends make fun of it. You wanted to study art in college, but society told you that only morons do that. Instead, you opted for an engineering degree. Your parents were happy. You graduated from school and got a job where you sat in a cubicle and made $55,000 per year. You spent all day every day musing about what it would be like to wake up each morning and do nothing but paint. You tried to keep up with your art, but you never had the time. Sounds like fucking me. Your boss asked you to work weekends every chance he got. Not that part. And when you did have a second to yourself, you were too tired to do anything but watch TV or surf the web. That definitely. You started to hate yourself for being so spineless, for not pursuing the only thing in life that ever made you feel good. You fell into into a depression. 
I think yeah. we've all been through that. Yeah. Still fucking one of those things that you saying picture this kind of puts you like <clears throat> like as you start reading it definitely there at the end you kind of start actually like looking into it do you, like, think, do you think depression is just something that happens here in America or do you think people are depressed everywhere I think I think that uh, depression is that naturally something that happens but I also think that people if they have like a like a close unit of people around them like I'm a strong believer in people healing people so right I think that I think that but I'm on a you know on a molecular level or something you know I think that everyone has depression at some point right so do you feel do you maybe think that like the way uh, a brain frequency kind of like puts out waves and stuff like people kind of yeah. like have that same are on that same frequency as well you know what I'm saying like it just kind of spreads out yeah. like it's infectious kind of you know what yeah. I mean I don't, know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here basically uh, I'm asking is if like if depression is contagious like can it spread from just one person to another just based off of like feelings and emotions and maybe you could pick up off those emotions because I know I don't know if I'm, contagious is what maybe what, what it would be but like you certainly vibe off people so like if you're in a room with just all sad people yeah. And you try to pick them up and you fail at it because they're just like super sad. They, they're like, we don't want to hear any jokes right now. Right. Then it's like sucks the energy out of you. I think there's that. I don't know if that's contagious per se as far as like how well, that's actually. Metaphorically speaking. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's like a disease that you spread. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Is I'm going to spread my depression on you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to infect you with depression. Yeah. No, I feel you. Yeah, that's what I would say to that. Picture this. An estimated 1 in 10 adults suffer from depression. That means there are at least 24 million people in the U.S. who feel lost, who feel hopeless, who feel like the world would be a better place without them, and you were one of those people. Are those the requirements? That's it, to be depressed, to feel lost, hopeless? Feel like the world would be a better place without them? What are they talking about? Just like every 14-year-old ever? I'm that no one will ever remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> no one will ever remember. No one. Okay. Uh who feel hopeless, who feel like the world would be a better place without them, and you were one of those people. You wore a mask in front of your friends and family. That part was easy. You had been hiding your passion from them all your life. You could hide your depression too. Nobody at work could see how much you were hurting. But when you got home, you lay in bed and you cried. You thought about downing an entire bottle of aspirin, but you were afraid of what people would say if you survived. You stood on the edge of your bathtub with one end of a belt looped around your neck and the other fastened to the metal rod of your shower curtain while you weighed the pros and cons of suicide. Spent hours surfing the internet visiting forums, looking for a way to save yourself. You even went so far as to post questions anonymously, pleading for help. Yo, this is going to end bad, I feel like. Yeah, it sounds pretty bad already. Then you got the piece of, the, of advice that you believed you were searching for, from Reddit, of all places. A website famous for stupid cat pictures and bastardizing the word meme. 
It came in the form of a comment in a thread you made feeling about suicidal. You didn't see the commenter's username. In fact, you were so excited after reading their advice that you closed your browser's window before checking where it came from. Ooh. It didn't matter who they were in real life anyway. As far as you were concerned, those words were sent straight to you from your guardian angel watching over you from heaven. Try finding a creative outlet, your web surfing savior said. I picked, up, uh, I picked up painting as a means to channel my depression. Whenever I'm feeling down, I grab a brush and get to work. It helps to serve as a fantastic distraction. Oh my god. Kind of depressing. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I feel like it's about to cut, it's like get up a little bit. Alright, so picture this. You took that guardian angel's device, uh, advice and ran with it. You swore off suicide, called your mom and dad, and told them you loved them. The very next morning, you woke up and headed to the library where you spent the entire day reading about your favorite artists, the painters you had idolized your entire life. For hours, you looked at photos of their works and it made you feel young again. Then you stumbled upon a book with a picture of blue dancers and you found yourself awestruck, just like that time when you were 12. It was that moment you decided to quit your job and follow your dreams. Fuck this shit, I'm out. You're cool. You're cool. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Is that what you would say, though? You're yeah. cool. You're cool. Probably. Fuck you. Yeah. You're cool. I'm, I'm out. out. Get the fuck out of I here. I think that's funny. You're like, <laughs> like the total opposite. dude, you're cool. You're super cool. I'll call you. I'll call you tomorrow. Fuck you for sure. <laughs> I have to quote that movie real quick. He's like, still waiting on that heifer, Julio. Son of a bitch, I'm right behind you. Tell me you want a heifer with cheese, yo. Why I gotta make me feel inferior because I'm on the grill, B? Damn. Half-baked. Half-baked. That was good. Um, let's see. Okay. Your mom and dad weren't happy, but they understood when you told them about your depression. They always thought art was just a mild hobby and had never actually seen one of your finished paintings before. It took all the courage you could muster to show them a piece you prepared for them. After all, it was more than just a picture to you. It was your heart, your dreams. It was a piece of your soul. It went better than you expected. The painting made your dad smile and your mother tear up. Since you had no job, they let you move back in and turn your room into a studio until you could figure something out. All right, so parents are like got her back a little bit. Supported, right? Yeah, she's like super not trying to murk herself off. All right, and picture this: you turned back to the internet for advice. Only this time you weren't looking for someone to talk to you off a ledge. You wanted tips on color blending and assistance on applying prim- primer. You started posting pictures of your work to various forums looking for guidance, but you got more than you bargained for. You begin receiving compliments, total strangers telling you how much they loved your art. A few people even commissioned pieces from you. You sold your first painting for $300 to a newlywed couple in Minnesota who said your art would be perfect for their new home. It was surreal. All you ever wanted to do was paint, and now people were paying you for it. You opened an online store. 
started a blog, and even built a website with links to all of your social media accounts. You began to rack up followers on Facebook and Twitter. A couple of your paintings were blogged around the internet thousands of times. An art enthusiast magazine even did a feature on one of your pieces. It wasn't on the cover or anything, but it was an honor just to get a tiny blurb. The story is getting a little positive now. Right now Very it cool. is, but yeah. it's going to probably switch again. <laughs> is, that, is that what happens? And it can't be all roses. It's in fucking creepy pasta, so it's going to be crazy. True, true. Eventually, you made enough money to move out of your parents' house and get a small apartment of your own. You certainly weren't rich, but you got to wake up and do nothing but paint every day, just like you always dreamed. One morning, you open your eyes and see a half-finished commission piece staring back at you from across the room. Rays of early morning sunshine shimmered in through the window, falling on the partially completed painting. It glimmered in the daylight. You thought about how lost you would have been with, if not for the guardian angel on the internet who convinced you to paint your sadness away. You smiled to yourself the first time in a long time that it wasn't forced because you knew that you were finally happy. But picture this. When one begins to receive admirers, one also starts to attract critics. People who question how or why you got to where you were in your career. Some of them were jealous. They wanted what you had. Many of them were artists in, your own, in their own right who didn't receive nearly the amount of attention, attention you got. Fucking haters, man. You found their hate silly. After all, it's not like your paintings were touring museums around the country. You were barely scraping by, but they couldn't support themselves with their art, so they hated you. Hmm. Hmm. Some of your other distractors weren't artists at all. They were trolls who couldn't stand to see another person happy, so they did their best to knock you down a peg. Fucking trolls, Dan. They used the cloak of anonymity to message you through Twitter just to call you names. They told you that your work was crap. Wow. They told you that your work was crap. This is that last piece that you posted crap <laughs> but when they said but uh but when they said that they weren't just insulting your paintings they were insulting you remember your art was a, f- a reflection of your heart your dreams it was a piece of your soul and these sorry excuses for human beings hiding behind idiotic user handles were shitting all over it one question go <clears throat> so when you when you started Mike Masters, even before that, like when when it was the when it was the beginning leagues, like uh, assault and battling, you know when that was brought upon here, were there a lot of haters like just kind of talking shit, throwing shot, like yeah, basically uh, taking shots at you or what? I don't know if I would say a lot of haters, um, but there were people that you know. There's always going to be one or two people that suck talk shit all the time and they don't have like don't understand exactly how things work and shit you know what I'm getting at basically is like when you were doing good and the exposure was there and like it was just attracting like a larger crowd um was there some saltiness kind of being thrown in your game like 
oh, well, you wouldn't be able to do that without this. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how people do that? They kind of backpedal and just kind of try and, you know, point out the flaws and everything. And not So have- when I first started, yeah, the, the uh, dogamout.com, um, <laughs> that's like, the, uh, that was the only thing that was kind of weird um, as far as uh, Frank kind of being a little pissed off about that. but Right, I remember that. Yeah. Other than that, and then something about SEM too. I don't remember what it was, but I remember Lamb had said something, and then like I remember I retorted. I was just kind of like, "Yo, what the fuck? Like, why are you why are you talking shit for?" You know what I'm saying? But of course, like, you know, I wasn't even trying to stir anything up really. But I was just kind of more or less defending you because I was like, "Yo, like, because you're doing something good now, someone has to say some shit about it." Like, right? You know what I mean? So I just thought it was kind of weird, and I was like, "Dude, that's." That's one problem that's been a part of the scene is people don't want to like get together and do shit. Like everyone's so clicky and think they can make it on their own when really it's unity that you know bridges all of that shit. You know what I mean? Like you, you could you could have all that nonsense involved, but there there needs to be like a backbone. You know what I mean? That holds that shit up because right. people are gonna bicker and fight all the time, dog. Regardless, you know what I mean? But at least work on shit together and don't fucking just always be like going to each other's throats and trying to do your own thing and whatnot. But that's neither here nor there, so I just thought I'd kind of give like two cents on that shit. Yeah, no, I get it. Okay, well, that's how that works out. Uh, so, obviously, this person's getting a lot of haters, too. Yeah. So, All right, and then something strange happened. You no longer heard the praise and the compliments. They were still there, but almost muffled in a way. Suffocated and drowned out by a vocal minority who only wanted to see you fail. You fought to prove yourself, no paint to paint something uh, that would make even your most overly zealous hecklers change their mind about you. But the more of your heart you poured into your work, the harsher their words became. The closer you got to creating your own, very own blue dancers, the more hate and vitriol they spewed at you. It began to consume you. It was all you could think about. He's going downhill now. Picture this. Hacking isn't nearly as difficult as Hollywood would have you believe it is. You don't need to be a zit-faced computer whiz that spends 18 hours. That's a really specific. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Zit-faced. Right. Computer whiz that spends 18 hours a day in a dark basement eating Cheerios and drinking Mountain Dew to learn how to do it. At the same time? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Cheerios and Mountain Dew. That's kind of a weird combination, bro. Yeah. Who does that? You don't even know need to know how to get around firewalls or disassemble code. All you need is patience. Patience and the understanding that people get even uh, that people, even anonymous internet trolls, get a little too comfortable and give too, away personal information without even thinking about it. <laughs> what are you laughing at? The anonymous troll thing. Oh yeah. Funny. Patience and understanding that people, even anonymous internet trolls. now picture this the haters kept coming for you every time you posted a picture of your work or announced another sale on Facebook there they were popping up like a rash of pus filled herpes sores (laughs) that sounds very unpleasant yeah that's a very abrupt kept popping up like a rash of of pus filled herpes sores Oh, just like your skin going up. Like, it, what if you saw a time lapse of how a herpes got, 
Like that'd gross. be disgusting. That would be disgusting. Okay, so the haters kept coming for you, from you every time you posted a picture of your work or announced any, any um, announced another sale on Facebook. There they were, popping up like a rash of pus-filled herpes sores. One commenter in particular really got under your skin. His username was dark underscore painter 97. And every remark he made on your art blog was rude and spiteful. Overrated, he called you. Unoriginal and uninspired as well. You can see the resentment seething out of every comment he left underneath your post. You had grown sick of his cyberbullying, but part of you wanted to see what this keyboard warrior looked like in real life. So without thinking, you clicked on his username. The link directed you to the profile page of this blog, of his blog, but he didn't have any pictures uploaded to it. However, a caption in the about section caught your eye. This guy's going to be a serial killer or something. It said, follow me on Twitter at dark underscore painter 97. You checked out his Twitter account to see if this anonymous jackass had posted any photos of himself, fucking selfies. He hadn't, and his profile picture was just some stupid cartoon character, but you did not notice he was very active on his account. Oh, but you did notice, excuse me. He went back and forth tweeting jokes with one particular user quite frequently. A teenager whose user handle included his real name with a very clear face pic. They appeared to be good friends. You realize then that the 97 in Dark Painter 97 was most likely a reference to the year your tormentor was born. It made sense. It takes a certain amount of immaturity and free time to cyberbully someone, and teenage boys have both of those in spades. You performed a Facebook search of his friend's name and found him pretty easily. His profile page had the privacy functions disabled, so it wasn't hard to poke around. That's fucking gnarly, man. I mean, it happens, though. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Twitter. I haven't been on my account since 2012. Since 2012. We were, we were discussing that just not too long ago. That's funny shit. <laughs> I just, I don't know, guys. I can't I can't do it. Call me old-fashioned or uncool. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I just don't fuck with why, Twitter. Why can't you fuck with Twitter? I don't know, man. It's just not my thing, bro. It's so popular too. Like everyone's like, get my tweet. Did you see my tweet? Did you see the war of tweets or fucking whatever is going on? Like, I heard like I always hear about for a while. I always heard um, tweets going back and forth between Lupe Fiasco and Disaster. Like, it was. It, I heard it was bad, dude. Like, I heard it was so bad, and I'm just like, see, that's why I don't get on that shit. Cause I, I don't know about tweeting, bro, and like, that's just definitely not my cup of tea what not liking the tweet not liking the tweet i don't know just like just is it doesn't you don't get you, it you've seen like just based off of the the, the comments you didn't understand yeah. what the fuck he was doing yeah it's like what am i doing right now i, I was just, just so not knowing of fucking twitter dude like, okay all right so fuck twitter okay <laughs> <laughs> No, not not so much in those words. Not fuck Twitter. It's more like, huh? Twitter? Like, someone teach me or Oh, yeah, you just explained you want to sound like the old man. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right. 
He performed a Facebook search of his friend's name and found him pretty easily. His profile page had the privacy function disabled, so it wasn't hard to poke around. This teenager only had about 125 friends on Facebook, so he began filtering through his list, looking for boys who were born in the year 1997. It only took about an hour of sifting through profile pages until you found something that struck a chord with you. It was a boy who fit the bill. He was a swarmy little weasel who looked like he hadn't been outside a day in his life. Fucking albino-ass motherfucker. Everything about his face irked you, from his bird's beak of a nose to the <laughs> pair of bulky camouflage print Oakley gla- sunglasses he was wearing in his profile pic. You wanted so badly to smash his smug smile into paste. Damn. Into paste? <laughs> Then you looked at the info section of his page and you felt the light bulb in your head slowly begin to brighten. Likes gaming, uh, manga, and uh, you know sometimes I like painting. Okay, that's a check. But liking to paint doesn't on. Uh, um, but liking to paint doesn't automatically make him the culprit. Birthday is June twenty sixth, nineteen ninety seven. Double check, and of course, follow my art blog at Dark Painter ninety seven. Checkmate, bitch. <laughs> you had him. You knew what what uh okay. You knew what that insufferable little troll looked like, where he lived, you even knew what high school he went to. In just over half an hour, you had learned everything you could ever want to know about him. But what you were going to do with your newfound what oh so but what were you going to do with your newfound information? According to his Facebook page, he lived a state away. Yo, is this a catfish situation? It sounds like something's cracking. That's a long way to go just to tell someone off. Living a state away, just like, dude, I'm fucking going to Montana. This troll has been just like saying some wild shit on my page. You told yourself that driving over state lines for the sole purpose of yelling at some idiot kid was crazy, but you couldn't stop yourself. It was like someone else had taken control of your body. Before you knew it, you were on the inter- uh, you were on the interstate, halfway between the teenager's hometown and your apartment. You stopped off for a burger when you hit his con- uh, count. Oh, excuse me. You stopped off for a burger when you hit his county and looked uh, his parents' information up on your cell phone. Finding their home address was easy. The time was around 4 p.m. when you pulled up to his house. So you went, he went to his house. He's pulling up to the dude's house. According to their Facebook pages, his mom and dad both worked nine to fives, so you figured they wouldn't be home yet. You could see the little brat through the window, fiddling around on his computer, probably leaving another disparaging comment on the latest picture you uploaded to your blog. Whatever, fool, you little insecure ass. Ain't nobody give a shit about your blog. <laughs> Either that or looking at porn. I, I mean... Fucking looking at porn isn't. Things had worked out too perfectly for you. <laughs> You'd come too far not to give him a piece of your mind. So you pulled your car into the driveway and knocked on the front fucking door. You could tell he was confused when he answered it. Fucking what, man? Huh? <laughs> yeah, the Parker Duval residence. Parker Duval. <laughs> um. You can tell he was confused when he answered it. He had no idea who you were, which was something you found funny. 
If you had spent as much time as he did harassing someone on the internet, you'd figured you'd at least recognize them if they were standing at your front door. You opened your mouth to speak. You even pointed an accusatory finger at him. But his entitled little face made you so damn angry, you blacked out. When you came to your senses, you were standing over him in the foyer. Now that arrogant look on his face was gone. Instead, it appeared as if a cherry bomb had exploded in it. His nose had been mushed into pulp, and his left eye was completely swollen shut. You were taken aback with yourself, so this fool blacked out and beat this guy up. How had it happened? You weren't even a violent person. In fact, you had never planned on causing the kid any sort of physical harm. You looked at the grandfather clock against the wall. It was 4.30. Wait, it was 4.30, so what was it before? It was 4 o'clock. So half hour, yeah. Where had the time gone? Grandfather, my grandfather. Grandfather clocks are sick, dude. Yeah. I like grandfather clocks a lot. My grandfather had a grandfather clock. Um, okay, so you looked at the grandfather clock against the wall. It was 4.30. Where had the time gone? Who knew how long he would before his parents got home? Charges started to rattle off in your mind. Uh, aggravated assault of a minor. Burglary. How do you know aggravated assault of a minor? She's just like... Who knows, maybe even attempted murder. If they caught you, then you'd do the next 15 years in prison for sure. Goodbye, art career. Then you would, another thought. If you just ran off the snotty, uh, okay, goodbye, art career. Then you had another thought. If you had just run off, the snotty little shit might be able to identify you once you came to. So you panicked. You slung his unconscious body over your shoulder and carried him outside to your car. Lady Luck must have been on your side because there was no one else in sight. You dumped him in your trunk and backed out of the driveway as fast as you could before speeding off to make your getaway. You guys just murdered this dude, man. Or he's got a severely broken nose. Let's see. Oh my gosh. Here we go. Dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> Picture this. One in every 15,000 people is murdered in the U.S. each year. Doesn't that number sound high? It's true, though. Don't believe me? Look it up. One in every 15,000 people. Calculate those stats over a 75-year lifespan, and that means there's a 1 in 200 chance that someone will try to kill you. Is a terrifying thought, really. In comparison, your chances of getting hit by a car are only one in six hundred. Which like, means I don't like those odds at all. At all, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which means you're uh which means you're three times more likely to get gutted by a knife wielding man- maniac or shot by a jaded ex lover than you are to get run over by a minivan whose driver was texting while speeding through an intersection. Well, that happens a lot. Yeah, it does. That's fucked up. It's fucked up. I've seen, I don't know if this person was on their phone, but I've seen someone get hit downtown right by a uh, high hole. Uh-huh. It was, a drunk chick. it was funny because it was a drunk chick. 
I mean, it wasn't funny that she was hit, but I guess this this scenario. Right. <laughs> because she was drunk and she's trying to walk across the street and the fucking car just went. It was going at least 25, 30 before it slowed down. And it went, Arp! and you just hear her go, ah! and then she like rolls in the fucking car and then like rolls off it. It was fucked up, dude. Like I, I tried so hard not to laugh because it's just, it's fucked up. She got hit by a car. You know what I mean? Like you don't laugh at someone who gets hit by a car. You can laugh at someone for falling or something, something stupid, you know what I'm saying? But like, well, did she hit, hit the car, car funny? Well, here's what happened. Here's <laughs> here's the car, and here's her. Boom! She fucking rolls on it, and the car stops. You know we're on then, a podcast, no one can see your hands. Yeah, I know, but I'm showing you. Okay, so. show me again. Go ahead, show it again. <laughs> here's the car. Here's the person. So he has one. He has his right hand, just straight like a car. Yeah. So it's it's the horizontal, and he has his left hand. Vertical. <laughs> so the car's about trying to slow down. It's going, er, barely sees her. Boom! It hits her. She fucking like basically went. Oh, you guys can see what I'm doing right now, but I just described it. I think I got you guys. Yeah. All right. It was fucked up. Uh, okay. Now picture this. You made it back inside your apartment to smuggle him up to your unit under the cover of darkness. To your knowledge, no one had seen you. Fired. You remembered the warm, fuzzy feeling you got after reading the advice of your guardian, and you were pretty sure the mixture of emotions that was now brewing inside you was the next uh, was the was the exact opposite. You wondered what kind of guidance that anonymous angel of the internet would give you this time. But you were. But what were you going to do? Start a thread on Reddit about it? You are you on Reddit a lot? Reddit? What's that? Oh, okay. Never mind. No, what is it? It's um, like a blog site type of thing. They you post pictures. It's kind. Of, I, I mean, I would maybe equate it to like Twitter, some somewhat. Okay. Yeah. Today I fucked up by assaulting and kidnapping a minor. This is in bold, right? So it's kind of a story within a story. The kid was bleeding profusely from the mutilated chunk of flesh hanging off his face that used to be a nose. Jesus. You placed him in your bathtub to prevent him from gushing all over the floor of your apartment while you thought about how to rectify the situation. Tears began to well up in your eyes once you realized how screwed you were. You were no criminal. You were an artist, but artists don't beat their critics to within an inch of their lives. I'm sorry you cried out to the kid whose body a broken pile of pulverized meat laying motionless in, motionless in your tug. I never meant for this to happen. You feared he would die in your bathroom before you could muster up courage to call him an ambulance. You knew you had to make uh, you knew you had made a terrible mistake and needed to go um, own up for it. But you were so afraid of getting of going to prison. Between your sobs, you heard a whimper. You peered up to see the kid begin to stir. The eye had that had, uh, excuse me that wasn't swollen shut made contact with yours. His uh, what's the fuck sclera? His sclera was as red as a dog's dick, and and you could tell he was straining to focus. A terrible comparison, man. But he was staring right at you. Red as a dog's dick. Huh? <laughs> what's sclera? So he's worried that he beat this kid up and killed him. So he's within and an inch of his life. Shut. 
The kid, the kid, like the guy. Who is you? I don't know. But yeah, so he just got dropped off at the hospital, though. Yeah. The other night, he was there forever because. You know what? You know what's wrong you? What? United and it feels so good. He's referring to the Rionite. R I U N I T E. Rionite. It's wine. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, there you go. All right. So this guy's fucked. All right. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Well, on a minor, that's... How many years is that? Uh, A minor? Assault on a minor, yes. What is it, like 15 or something? 15 years? Holy shit. Oh. Wait, what do you... Oh, yeah, right? Something like that. All right. His... uh, Jesus... The teenager's whimpers transformed into something that resembled a low gurgle. That was a gurgle for you. <laughs> Almost as if he was drowning on that blood and that had pulled in the back of his throat. But you realize he wasn't drowning. He was laughing, causing your concerns to give way to confusion. He forced out a few grunts in an effort to say something, his voice whistling through the broken teeth, jagged, jagged shards of bone that you had shattered with your fists. You, you, you're the that fucking shitty artist, aren't you? He groaned. <laughs> <laughs> His gurgling laugh began again, and you understood it was directed at you. He had won with nothing. So is this a fucking uh, like a zombie or something coming after this dude? Sounds like it. <laughs> Jagged teeth and shit, like maybe a tweaker. Okay. Uh, with okay, he gurgle. His gurgling laugh began again, and you understood it was directed at you. He had won, with nothing but an internet modem and a laptop. He had successfully derailed your career, and he knew it too. You were going to spend the rest of your life in prison. With that thought, a fiery rage swelled into his um, chest. Uh, swelled inside your chest. You didn't deserve what the little shit had done to you. All you wanted to do was make art, to paint your own blue dancers, and this entitled piece of trash had taken it away from you. There was no blacking out the second time. You were fully aware what you were doing when you mounted his body and began to pummel his face. Again, with each blow, you could feel his cheekbones collapse more and more underneath your knuckles. You clotted his eyes like a rabies-stricken animal. Damn. Then force your hands inside his mouth and pull at his jaw. Oh, my God. Popping it from its hinges. And when your arms got sore, you stood up and let your boots take a turn at the kid's cranium. Jesus. Picture this. It takes 200 pounds of pressure to crush a human skull. By the time you had finished wailing away on the teenager, his head looked like a plate of pink and purple mashed potatoes. One in every 15,000 people in the United States is murdered every year 
and now the um and now the kid whose brains were currently spilling down your bathtub's drain was the newest casualty of that statistic. You washed his blood off your hands in the sink and tried to calm down a bit. After looking back at the headless corpse... Oh, oh. <laughs> Holy shit. At the headless corpse in your tub and you and uh, in the uh, excuse me at the headless corpse in your tub and you realize you were a little frightened with yourself, but it wasn't because you had just murdered a teenager in cold blood. It was the sensation of ecstasy washing over your body that worried you. It felt amazing, like you had just lived out a fantasy, not a sexual one. Stopping the kid's skull. Uh, stopping the kid's skull and didn't get you off. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be weird. I only fucking get off when I stomp kids' heads in the ground, dude. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just you, turns my crank. It turns my crank. You, I mean, you just can't like just you know. I mean, take care of it. You can't just like watch porn or something. <laughs> no, dog. No. You gotta watch the fucking kid mash brains and turn into mashed potatoes, pink and purple mush. <laughs> It felt amazing, like you had just lived out a fantasy. Not a sexual one. Stopping the kid's yeah. skull in didn't get you off, but it was more than a little uh, empowering. The, let's see. Okay. The snotty turd deserved everything he got, but now you had a new problem on your hands. It didn't take a c- criminal mastermind to know that keeping the kid's body in your tub was a bad idea. But getting rid of it wasn't as simple as chucking it down the trash chute. You were an artist, though, and artists have creative minds, so you did what creative minds do. You got creative. Okay. <laughs> A lot of creativity, dang. Shit. Hopefully there's something cracking with that. All right. Picture this. On average, 75 people are arrested in the United States for having sex with the deceased every year. Happened. I don't know. We'll see. Don't believe me? Look it up. 75 people. This is especially concerning considering there are four states. Louisiana, Kentucky, Oklahoma, and North Carolina. Where necrophilia isn't even against the law. What? It's not against the law. You can just fuck a dead body. Where? Yeah, where would you fuck a dead body? Morgue? I feel like they'd be extra cold. <laughs> I, I, yeah, man, I didn't want to speak on that subject. It is too much. All right. Of the 75 people arrested for making love to the dead annually, nearly half of them work in mortuaries. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Morgues, bro. So, wait, is a mortuary and a morgue the same thing? I think so. I don't know. I think one does more than the other. Right. I think a morgue just kind of holds them, and a mortuary is has like a, an event center in there right. and stuff like that. <laughs> just an event center. An event center. For the dead? <laughs> For the dead. But it's not even, yeah, no, but they definitely. You yeah. know what? I've heard, I've never been to one, but I've actually heard that some funerals are like, they'll have like mariachi bands and shit and like live music and it's all commemorating the, per- the person who passed. But that's crazy because normally when you go to a funeral, it's sad, right? Then people are mourning. Right. Like, they're having a fucking full-on party over your death. Like, actually, that's 
Kinda I'd cool. much rather that. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. I don't want people to get wasted and fucking remember the good times. They don't even have to get wasted. They could just sit there and, you know, right. passing on, like, not admire, but what's the word, like, commemorate or just remember. Just remember, remember. yeah. Yeah. Let's let's party at my at my funeral, everybody. I wanna I wanna have a huge party and it's have, gonna be dope. Well, yeah. I mean, no, it won't be, but <laughs> okay. Many psychologists believe that only a small fraction of these people actually have sexual attractions to dead bodies. Most engage in necrophilia due to social anxieties. It's the fear of rejection or the body's inability to perform under pressure that causes people to stray down this path. Hey, I can't get live pussy, so let me just go fuck some dead pussy. Oh, my God. And they're serious about it, too. Yeah. Corpses can't laugh at the size of your penis or roll the... (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Or roll their eyes if you can't get it up. Yeah, corpses can't. Yeah, they can't, they can't do anything. <laughs> they, they, they can't. Corpses, Chris, cor, corpse, yeah, you know. Corpses can't laugh at the size of your penis or roll their eyes if you can't get it up. So people find comfort and safety in the uh, in the dead. It is for that reason that a staggering 94% of necrophiliacs oh. are men. Is that is that su- not a surprising mark to you? Yeah, ninety four percent. Okay, so I, I couldn't picture a female going and fucking a dead guy because you're right. Like they can't get it hard, so they're gonna fu- sit on a fucking limp dead dick. Like how does that work? I know it's it kind of like graphic and disgusting, but seriously, like <laughs> the, the yeah, it the, doesn't work. Yeah, the chemistry of that is just not there. Like it's not that staggering, I guess, if you think about it. It's just, it's like it'd be just I don't know. Can you die with a boner? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> is mean, this, you, is this medically like is this medically? I medically think you proven? can die with a boner. I think you can die with a boner. I just feel like I think that because blood is not being pumped and right. just, that it just dies down pretty quick. What if the blood just stays there when you die? Like. For some bizarre reason, like all the blood from your body just goes straight to your dick and causes it to stay hard. I don't know. <laughs> and that's kind of a weird question, but. <laughs> <laughs> just like any sexual fetish, necrophilia has its own dark little community on the internet. Al's got fucking a date with one of them, huh? Don't you? <laughs> the necrophiliac? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I love them chicks that fuck dead dudes for sure. What if oh they, my what god! If, what that if, you, what me if of, you guys like brought up to you like your first date or something with someone and you're like, "Oh, by the way, I like fucking dead, I like fucking corpses." I'd be like, "Cool, that's, I guess that's cool." I guess. And then like, I'll never talk to that person ever again. Just like, so you like fucking dead bodies, huh? All oh right. my god, that's so much, dude. Uh, you know what that reminded me of though. Uh, remember Clerks, the first one? Yeah, which part? When she fucks the dead dude in the bathroom. Oh my no! I don't remember that part. I okay, so there's one. There's that old guy who asks him for like toilet paper because they ran out, and then, and then, and then he's like he goes back there and he never comes out, and then Dante's ex girlfriend or whatever comes by, and she goes to the bathroom and like she comes out like all, dainty. Yeah, like she just got fucked and basically. She's and like, like she just got. She's fucked. like I like. She's like I like how you were in there and you didn't have you didn't do anything. You let me do all the work. He's like I wasn't back there. 
when they fucking have an ambulance come by and she like basically was being admitted to the psychiatric ward because of fucking a dead body. Oh like, my god. Yeah. It was fucked Jesus. Up. Yeah. Just like any sexual fetish, sacrophilia has its own dark little community on the internet. If one looks hard enough, they'll be able to find forums where users anonymously trade pics and tell stories of the latest sexual consequence or conquests. Should say consequences too. Well, I say anonymously, but as I explained before, when it comes to the internet, people have a tendency to get a little too comfortable and give away their personal information without even thinking about it. So picture this. You not, you open up your laptop. You open up your laptop. Okay, yeah, so... You open up your laptop and did a little digging. Google is magic. Within minutes, you were pursuing a forum filled of uh, cadaver-loving freaks. An hour or two of browsing, and you're stumbled upon a thread that sparked uh, your interest in an off-topic um, throwaway comment. Most of the perverts claim to regularly visit a pizza joint not more than five miles from your apartment before engaging in his morbid sex 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 capades jesus after scanning his comment history <clears throat> you saw that he often bragged about his job supplied him with an endless stream of what he called his real love dolls god wow that's is that the cover band for bare naked ladies? <laughs> Real love dolls. It turned out he it turned out okay, so what he calls his real love dolls. It turned out he was a mortician who really enjoyed the alone time he spent with the corpses he was supposed to be beautifying. That's so gross. You created an account and messaged him. Claiming to be a 19-year-old girl who is really into watching guys screw um, screw stiffs. Jesus. When he asked for verification, you scrounged up some pictures of your friend's little sister. Oh, for sure catfishing him. Of your friend's little sister and sent them to him. Oh, they won't, she, they won't know Julie. Yeah, we'll just get a couple off her Facebook. Nobody knows Julie. Julie barely knows Julie. The uh, okay, he didn't see friends, little sister, and sent them to him. People are gullible when they want to believe something, and this guy really wanted to believe that a cute co ed was interested in perverts who fuck dead bodies. He sent you a face pic when you performed a reverse image search, it directed you right to his Facebook page. The idiot had even messaged you his profile picture. His Facebook page did did indeed confirm that he was a mortician and even listed the name of the funeral home which he worked on, worked in. You smiled to yourself when, after looking the place up, uh, you read that it had a crematorium. However, there was something else uh, you found out about him after digging through his information, something you found very useful. The pervert had a family too, a wife and an 11-year-old son. Sounds like he's going to try to kill the people closest to him. You sweet-talked the mortician through the night, encouraging him to tell you about the disgusting things he does the newly arrived cadavers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just... Well, so, as soon as they get here, they're, they're... I mean, it's tepid. So it's room temperature in there. 
sometimes I like to kind of you can't bend them too hard because sometimes their bones are kind of break through the skin so just lay down down that's so gross the pervert had a family too a wife and an 11 year old son you sweet talk the mortician through the night to encourage him to tell you about the disgusting things he does to newly arrived cadavers he said that he wanted to fuck you on top of them this is through facebook messages this is the catfish profile yeah I want to fuck you on top of there's a there's a new there's a oh my god what if they had names for people that were or I mean they do got names but people that that are coming in like they could look at the schedule like someone died but they'll be there on Thursday he said that he wanted to fuck you on top of them it turns out he was one of the few necrophiliacs that didn't have a fear of performing this sicko was just genuinely attracted to dead bodies you told him all the nasty things you knew he wanted to hear when you asked for a dick pic he was more than happy to oblige the picture he sent you was a full body nude with his erect cock and face clearly visible in the frame. The two of you made plans to meet up at the mortuary after hours for a little menage a trois with a 24 year old model who had recently died from a coke overdose. <laughs> oh my god, Al's just shaking his head. Oh my god. For some reason. <clears throat> He always seemed really excited to tell you how his real love dolls had passed. You assumed it was part of the fetish. His real love dolls, how how they died, he's like <clears throat> getting a kick out of telling. You showed up at the funeral home the following evening with a manila folder full of hard evidence. He broke down and started crying when he explained to him that he had been duped. Oh my god, look, what is this, uh, Dateline? No, um, How to Catch a Predator with fucking Chris Jensen? Is that what it is? He broke down and started crying when you explained to him that that he'd been duped. You fuck dead bodies! I have the information and the proof here. No, I don't. I don't fuck dead bodies. You for sure fuck dead bodies. (laughs) Fuck you, throw on top of a pile of yeah, he, yeah, but he that's what I'm saying is that he showed him he showed him the evidence of him saying it oh, yeah you presented him with the photos he sent you and explained to him that you had uh, screenshots of the previous night's conversation saved and backed up the mortician begged you not begged you not to show his wife apparently she had caught him once on top of a 17 year old girl who had perished in a car wreck his wife was pregnant at the time and only stayed with the mortician for the baby's sake. But she had, uh, had informed him that if she ever found out he was doing it again, she'd call the cops and take his son away from him forever. So, play, pretty pretty uh, intense. So, he tried to make you go away by writing you a check, but you refused the bribe. You hadn't come for money. You explained that you needed him to help you make a body disappear. What? You guys gonna work together now? The plan was simple. The funeral home had a crematorium, and all you needed was access to him. The mortician reluctantly agreed to help you in exchange for keeping his revolting secret under wraps. So the two of you headed out to your car and hoisted an oversized duffel bag containing Dark Painter's 97's body out of your trunk. 
You carried it inside, but when you asked the mortician to direct you to the furnace, he waved his hand. He said, I got it from here, he told you. So we don't even know if this guy's dead yet, but he has that dude in there that's got the um, big old black eye. Well, I mean, it's not black eye, but swollen shut ass eye from earlier in the story, the one that got pounded on, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You shot, okay, so <clears throat> you carried it inside, and the, by it, the bag containing the, the body bag. You carried it inside, but when you asked the mortician to direct you to the furnace, he waved his hand. I've got it from here, he told you. I got it. Uh, yeah, you can just put it down. I'll take care of it. You shot him a suspicious look and informed him that if he was planning on going to the police, your evidence would be in his wife's inbox the next day. Don't worry, he said. You're safe. The cat, the kid will be ashes by the end of the night. What? Like, how the... Ah, oh, you're good. We're good. He asked, he asked you how the teenager died, so you told him your story. Wow, I get murders... I get murders from time to time, but that sounds especially brutal. He responding after hearing your grisly tale. When you were finished, uh, when you were finished and thanked him for his help, and started out the door. No, thank you, he said. His, remar- his remark left you puzzled. It wasn't until after you started your car and pulled out of the parking lot that you realized what the mortician was showing his appreciation for. You had delivered him a new play toy, a real love doll. And he was going to have some fun with it before he sent it off to the incinerator. What? He, he had to refer to it as that love doll. Yeah, a real love doll. It's disgusting. It's fucking super gnarly. Yeah. Picture this. Roughly 85% of the country's population has access to the internet. It's intense. That means approximately 270 million people in the United States alone are connected to the World Wide Web. Of that 270 million, a little over half have profiles on active social networking sites. Damn, which makes the number of people using Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Tinder, and all the other flavors of the week tally somewhere around 135 million. Right. (laughs) You're one of the 135 million. So what did you do after having just gotten away with murder? You hopped on social media to help yourself forget about the past couple of days. The problem was images of Dark Painter 97's caved in skull kept flashing through your mind just dang. even worse you couldn't help but picture what that perverted mortician was most likely doing to the partially headless cadaver you had brought him probably nothing good man you dick why'd you take that self-respecting guy over there your thoughts turn back to your guardian guardian angel that person is long gone you hadn't revisited your old suicide thread since that anonymous hero of the internet had rescued you from your depression. It wasn't necessary. Up until a few hours ago, you had believed yourself to be relatively happy. But the day has been, had been a traumatic one, so you decided to check in on the cyberspace superhuman to see if he was still crusading around searching for lost souls to save. It took a minute for you to remember your password, but once you logged in, you began to navigate the site, looking for the familiar forum. It strung more than you thought it would to reread the post. It stung more, excuse me. It stung more than you thought it would to reread the post. It reminded you how black the world seemed back then. You scrolled down the thread, searching for your guardian angel, the one person on the planet who seemed to understand you. The comment was still there, so you began to read it, hoping that they would again be able to pull something useful from the sage advice that had once saved your life. But you stopped halfway through. 
you had seen something that made your heart rise in your throat because for the very first time you had read your guardian angel's username dark painter 97 so he killed his guardian angel You rubbed your eyes and looked again just to make sure you weren't hallucinating. But the text on your monitor hadn't changed. You came to a realization that made you feel physically ill. Approximately, that reminds that's like that one, um, that Immortal Technique song. Dance of the Devil? Yeah. I had like a plot twist. Yeah. You know what's, uh, what happens on the end of Dance of the Devil again? So the kid. Look that song up, by the way. Immortal Technique, Dance of the Devil. Yeah, for those of you who haven't heard it. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who haven't heard that song and need to be put onto it. Not for the shock value or factor of it, but just it's just a crazy song. that has It is a crazy, crazy song. Anywho. Um, Don't tell the whole thing. Actually, no, just... no. He, he, he rapes his mom, and then his homies <laughs> dip, and like he shoots himself. Oh, no. He jumps off of a uh, project building afterwards. That's right. Yeah. So he committed it, suicide, basically. Yeah, it's a mom. crazy, it's a crazy song. But then they kill his mom afterwards too. Yeah. Yeah. So, pretty fucked up story. Yeah. Okay. You had seen something that made your heart rise in your throat because for the very first time, you had read your guardian angel's username, Dark Painter ninety seven. You rubbed your eyes and looked again just to make sure you weren't hallucinating, but the text on your monitor hadn't changed. You came to a realization that made you feel physically ill. Approximately 135 million Americans are active on social media sites, and you murdered the only one that had given you a reason to wake up in the morning. It was utterly ridiculous. How how could a human being be so sympathetic and understanding one day and such an obnoxious little twat the next? It was like a bad dream. You felt as if a war for your sanity was being waged inside your head. Part of you wanted to laugh at the irony of the situation. Another part of you wanted to cry. You ended up spending the entire evening staring at an unfinished piece, leaning up against the wall of your apartment. Not even able to remember when you were even painting, uh, what, whom you were painting it for. Did it matter? It was like the whole damn world had lied to you. So at this point, it's just getting ridiculous. I mean, it says it was utterly ridiculous. Just kill the person who thought that. So they're going through some shit. It wasn't until morning that reality started to sink in. Perhaps the sun helped to burn off the fog that had been shrouding your brain since your revelation. But for whatever reason, you no longer felt helpless. You realized that all this time you had been using your guardian angel as a crutch, leaning on his words of wisdom whenever you felt like you couldn't stand on your own. Unfortunately, it turned out you had been worshipping a false idol. In reality, your champion had been a chump all along. You, you're just another jealous wannabe who only cared about seeing you fall. The sick part was you knew Dark Painter 97 was just the tip of the iceberg. You had other critics, worse ones, and they deserved everything he got. Maybe even more. That strange feeling of ecstasy had once again returned, only this time it didn't make you feel frightened. It made you feel unstoppable. This guy's gonna go on a fucking killing spree. Oh, shit. Prayers go out to, like, all those families out in Florida, though, man. You heard about that? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. 17 people dead from, I guess, Nicholas 
What's his last name? Nicholas Cruz. That's what it was. All right, so this guy's crazy. That strange feeling of ecstasy had once again returned, only this time it didn't make you feel frightened. It made you feel unstoppable. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Just put... Fucking... What the... This guy just had a rapper. Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to read. That's Maybe crash. even more. That That's strange feeling of ecstasy. That's I crash rapper, son. <laughs> Picture this. Every avalanche starts with a single snowflake. Okay, well. Contemplate that for a second. It's a crazy thought, but it's absolutely true. The fact that a force so deadly and dangerous can come from something so innocent and harmless is remarkable. When you first started snooping around that annoying internet troll's Twitter account, you couldn't have had any idea what it would lead to. There was no way to predict what mere, that mere hours later you would be passing off his headless corpse to a mortician with a fetish for the dead. What? There was also no way to anticipate the other murders it would lead to. But after discovering that you had killed your guardian angel, you felt like there was no point in simply ignoring the rest of your critics. Told you. So you sought them out and made them pay for every hurtful comment they ever messaged you. You started with those who only lived a day's drive away. Like a predator hunting its prey, you'd stalk them, lying in wait for the perfect time to strike. Their deaths were usually agonizing ones. You made sure that each and every one of your victims suffered painfully. The mortician was in your back pocket. You still have the ability to blackmail him. He feigned frustration with his predicament, but both of you knew he was happy with the arrangement. Because he was just getting dead bodies, the fuck. After about the third or fourth love doll you brought to him, he began making requests. That's so terrible. I'd really appreciate it if the next one you brought in didn't have teeth. Oh, my God. He would say to you, can you get me someone who maybe has a generic genetic birth defect? Elephantitis or some shit? Can, <laughs> Wait, uh, women can have elephantitis, too? I don't too? know. Maybe the boobs or something? I don't True. Know. I actually have seen that. That's crazy. I don't know. All right. Painting it becomes secondary to you. Oh, wait. Okay, hold on. Can you get me someone who became, who maybe has a genetic birth defect? Okay. You, were t- uh, um, you entertained his bizarre fetish. After all, it didn't matter to you what happened to the bodies you were bringing in as long as they were a pile of ashes in the morning. The mortician had a network of people like him. Hardcore cadaver humpers across the country. <laughs> Many of them also worked in funeral homes and had access to their own crematoriums. Just fucking just cadavers and old people things probably started to snowball out of control when you found yourself going on vacation just to off another uh, just to off another critic you found yourself going on vacation that's that's when things started to snowball things probably started to snowball out of control when you found yourself going on vacation just to off another critic it's like oh no I'm on vacay out here in Dallas just uh, killed my ninth grade teacher super it definitely didn't believe in me. Painting had become secondary to you. It no longer thrilled you the way murder did. You only kept painting and posting photos to the internet as a means to find more people to kill. 
You no longer strove for protect, perfection in your art. Blue dancers had drifted farther away from ever. You started to, uh, to purposely make mistakes in order to attract more negative opinions. After a while, you didn't even care if the people you were hunting were offering genuine constructive criticism or not. No one was safe. But even an avalanche finally reaches the bottom of the mountain. One day, a detective showed up at your apartment and started asking questions. He was trying to connect the disappearance of two of the people you had killed. You could tell by the look in his eye that he didn't consider you a suspect yet, but you knew that he was smart. It would only be a matter of time before he put the pieces of the puzzle together and realized that what you had done. About to blow up right here. So picture this. You packed up your belongings, emptied your bank account, and left town that night. You didn't want to rot in prison, so you moved to the other side of the country and changed your name. With a haircut and a pair of colored contact lenses, you always wanted hazel eyes. You started a new life for yourself. In a few days, you would read about yourself in the news. An up-and-coming painter who suddenly disappeared without a trace. 90,000 people are reported missing every year, and now you were one of them. A few days after that, you were the main suspect in the deaths of the two people that Detective had questioned you about. The cops were never going to find you, though. You were too smart for them. But there was a problem. People still needed to die. Lying low for the rest of your life just wasn't an option. But you knew the police would be looking for a painter, so you picked up a new type of art. One that was sure to attract its fair share of critics. Writing. Given your actual motives, you figured horror was an appropriate genre to publish in. Yeah, naturally. You created new social media accounts under your fake name. Fucking just all sorts of, like, at darkpainter69. That's the handle, just Dark yeah. Painter. Just the, but there are several fake names, so just fucking. What about Corpse Fucker seventy seven? And the birth year, like of him, like <laughs> Oh my god! Necro N A A Necrophiliacs Anonymous. N A A. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> just be N A. Right. <laughs> right, we got that. We got it, we got it. Uh accounts under your fake name and even use a photo you even use photos of a guy who went who um you went to school, high school with who had died in a motorcycle accident for your profile pics. People seemed to enjoy the stories you posted on the internet and after a little while you began to get popular. Your tales were read on forums, translated into other languages, and some of them were even published in sort story collections. Now that your work had become well-known, you began to do little things that you knew would encourage criticism. You used run-on sentences and purposely made small grammatical mistakes in hopes that someone would try to correct you. From time to time, you even wrote stories in a second-person narrative, knowing full well just how polarizing it could be for readers. You stayed connected to the mortician and his network of perverted funeral workers. Your trap had been set, and now all you had to do was wait for critics to come along who couldn't resist tearing your work to pieces. And along they came, like a moth to a flame. People were drawn to the flaws you had engineered into your writing. They pointed them out under the cover of anonymity, but the masks they wore were as flimsy as papier-mâché. 
There's no privacy anymore, no way to truly remain faceless. If someone wants to dig hard enough, they can learn as much about you as your closest and dearest friends. So let me ask you a question. One that I'm sure a lot of you will laugh off once you realize whom this story is about. But one that you'd be wise to take very, very seriously the next time you post to the internet. Are you picturing it yet? I don't know, man. Picture this out of the creepy pasta collection. It was a long one. We've been doing some short ones. That was about an hour and twenty minutes. By Vincent V. Cava. Picture this out of the creepy pasta collection. I think that an hour and, and twenty minutes though. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, but um I think that speaks to where we're kinda at in society. I suppose like it's like there's some sick fuckers. I don't know. I don't know anyone that's a necrophiliac. So if I know any necrophiliac friends, that's holler. I don't know. I mean, whatever. More power to you. I just ain't the corpse fucking. My, I just can't wrap my head around like, why would you want to fuck a dead body? Like, what pleasure do you find in that? There can't be anything like. And on that note, if you need to seek pleasure in doing that. I think you have, <laughs> you just have some serious you. issues. Like, yeah, or you, I mean, just don't fuck dead bodies. You yeah. know, there are fuck dolls you can buy, like, at, you know, Blue Boutique or wherever the fuck they sell fuck dolls at. Um, but some people want to have Dr. real John's. love dolls. That's gross, though. Like, real I, love dolls? Yeah, dude. That's what they have, like, molded molds of vagina that they make so they can feel like the real thing. Like, why do you need the real thing? What's his the deceased? actual thing? Yeah, dude, that's just not right. That is that's that's wild, man. It's certainly wild. I don't know necrophilia is. It's yeah. I mean, not only that, but it's like also to boot, it's fucking super not healthy for you. Right. So the word philiac means basically you're obsessed or right. You have like a some kind of weird addiction. Addiction. Okay. Yeah. So fecophiliac is people that. Like shit, or they fuck it, or like what? What's up with that? A fecal filiac? Yeah. Are there fecal filiacs? Yes, there are fecal filiacs. No. Yes, there. Have you not seen two girls, one cup, bro? Is those that are, fecal filiac? That's those? fecal filiac. Yeah. Just eating shit. Yeah, throwing it back up and eating it again. That's. Oh my god. I know. That's what you're saying. There's really some gross, fucked up shit out there, like that. I some most people can't stomach. I mean, I've seen. I, I can't say I've seen it all, but I've definitely seen some gross shit in my life. And that. Oh yeah, me too. That's on my top three. <laughs> I've just we we just all witnesses fucking people people eating Tide Pods. Oh, what the fuck? Okay, now since you're on that now, dude. Like, I have to address that. Like, what the fuck is that a craze now? Like, how did that start? It's just I so stupid. I really can't. Just grasp. like a kid that just like started, just he's like. First, I seen him smoke that shit. Smoke Tide Pod. Like a dab. They took a fucking dab oh of god. Tide Pod, bro. Like, oh my god, wouldn't that just instantly kill you as soon as it hits your lungs? I like, feel like it would. Uh, by the way, parents, if you're listening, if there's any parents out there, take more. I wouldn't even say take more control. Just try and manage. What your children do on social media because that shit is fucking ridiculous. Dangerous. Yeah. Fecophiliac. Yeah. Anyone who is obsessed with everything pertaining to poop. <laughs> Someone's whose life who someone whose life revolves around poop. 
smelling it, eating it, touching it, rubbing it on themselves, talking about it, slipping it into conversation occasionally to get a laugh, but secretly salivating over the idea of it. Oh, shit. That's... That's fucking gross. That's gross, man. Yeah. But to each their own, but for sure, don't eat shit either. (laughs) And don't fuck dead bodies. Like... Those are two big no's. And if you do, and if you are liking shit like that, then yeah, get help, man. Get help. <laughs> <laughs> because hey, can't you get like some kind of hepatitis from eating shit? Yeah, something bad. Yeah. You can get something bad. Neither are healthy at all for you. And then you can probably get something just from fucking a dead body, too. Like, I think leprosy. I think that's one of them. I if don't you even... fuck a dead body, you get leprosy? I think you can get leprosy. Oh, I don't know. Geez. I could be wrong. But if not, I mean, I know it's something bad. Because they're septic as fuck, and there's just, like, all sorts of... Even with a rubber. I don't know. Whatever. Just don't fuck dead bodies. Yeah, Episode 27, Short Story Bingo. My name's Nate Chacon the Third. Al, thank you so much for being on this show. No doubt, no doubt. Um, check out, again, uh, the uh, last couple episodes. Um, we're on a roll, ladies and gents. The that Jazz story. are on an 11-game winning streak. That's cool. Go Jazz. Um, and, yeah. Um, that story was great, by the way. It was, it was very... There's a lot of anticipation in the story for sure. Oh, yeah. Like I was wanting to know what happens next, and very, very. It was one of those ones. Twist. It was one of those ones where we just kind of had to read it because it's uh, just read so well. So, yeah, yeah man, and um, that's it. So that's all I got. Make sure to check out um, again. Aspect uh, one. It goes by spec. It goes by retrospect. I believe it's going to be on all the things. I'm here in a couple weeks as far as um, his new album's concerned. But my name is Nate Chacon III. This is Short Story Bingo, episode 27. And we're out. Spare fingers. Yes. Like, 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 like.